0: Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash, and today we have another AMA episode, that is Ask Me Anything. But First, a thank you to our sponsor. International Coffee Farms, based in Boquete, Panama, has half-acre parcels that produce specialty coffee. These are income-generating assets that can be purchased for as little as $18,000, and they will manage your farm for you. Check out internationalcoffeefarms.com, that is internationalcoffeefarms.com. Okay, we are back. Caroline asked me a question. She said, in listening to the Real Estate Guys radio show, I heard a brief interview with you from the Investor Summit at Sea. In that interview, you made a reference to something your uncle taught you while discussing the currency collapse in Argentina. He stated that debt goes away along with people's savings. My apologies if this is a stupid question, but would you clarify how and why that happens? In preparation for a possible currency collapse in the US, should I not be concerned on holding good debt, that is, mortgages on income property? How and why would this be wiped out in such an event? Well, Caroline, that's a great question. Here's how I think about it, and I'm gonna give you an example just using some simple math. Let's say that inflation is rampant and is at 100% a year. That is, if a bottle of water costs a dollar today, a year later, it costs $2. Now, if you have a $100 in the bank, you still have a $100, but it's really worth $50 compared with a year ago because everything costs double to purchase. So your savings, while the money doesn't disappear, your savings are being hit by inflation. Now let's imagine that you own an income property. You bought it for a million dollars and you have a loan of $800,000 on that property. A year later, rents have doubled, expenses have doubled, and the property is now priced at $2 million. Again, that 100% inflation rate. Your loan is still for $800,000, but instead of holding $200,000 in equity, you're now holding $1.2 million in equity. Now remember that that $1.2 million in equity is only worth half of what it was a year ago, so it's really worth $600,000 in last year's dollars. In terms of real rate of return, you've gone from $200,000 in equity to $600,000 in equity or tripled your money in a year using inflation as your point of leverage. That's one of the benefits of holding good debt in an inflationary environment. Now, in truth, it's a much messier story than this. In reality, prices and wages don't go up as uniformly as in my example. Some people are winners and others are definitely losers. The The question of how much leverage is safe is a separate question, and we'll deal with that towards the end of this particular episode. Now, like I said on the podcast, people have been trained to play a game, and we'll call that game Earn Income, Buy Stuff, and Save Money. And they've been told the rules of that game. The only problem is that isn't the real game. It's a different game, and nobody told you. If everyone knew the rules of the game, it wouldn't be a problem. It's only confusing because you've ventured out into the arena with your football helmet, your padding, and some cleats. Only some of the players, and it's kind of strange, some of the players are wearing hockey pads and skates, and for some reason they're winning. But you're supposed to be playing football, or at least that's what you've been told. Maybe those guys that look like hockey players, maybe they're cheating. Or or are they? So inflation isn't the whole story. You could be getting ahead or you could be falling behind depending which game you're playing. It's a very delicate balance. And maintaining it depends heavily on how inflation plays out in the marketplace. If wages rise faster than prices, then the middle class thrives. If prices rise faster than wages, then the middle class perishes. And that's exactly what we've seen all over the West, whether we're talking about Western Europe and even more recently in the US and Canada. Here's a great example, housing. For the vast majority of people, it's their biggest expense. Most of us spend more on rent or or mortgage than anything else. And housing prices have obviously increased over time. But what's really interesting is how much more rapidly home prices have increased over wages. If you're the property investor, you can benefit from those rising prices. The trivial example I gave you a moment ago is actually not too far off. Now, inflation isn't 100% a year, but over a 5-10 to year window, we definitely have seen a doubling of real estate prices in many markets. The question is, how much leverage is safe to maintain? You need some leverage to play this game effectively. Too much leverage, and you've got a house of cards that could come crumbling down if prices fall temporarily, like we saw in 2008, or if you don't meet your debt coverage ratio. I personally feel comfortable at the 70 to 75% loan-to-value ratio for income properties, but you have to find your own comfort point. In the meantime, as you're thinking about this, take a look at your leverage. Make sure that you're in properties and in areas where you have a strong potential for appreciation. Have a great rest of your day. Make some great things happen. And thank you, Carolyn, for a great question. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.